Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. I was trying to make a dramatic entrance. <laughs> I guess I did. I wonder if anyone even missed me. I know, at least for a minute. <laughs> so, hey, good morning. good morning. It's great to be here. Amen. Man, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you guys, and um, so thankful to be a part of this church. So, um, let's pray. Father, thank you. Just thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning. Thank you for just um, for just being so faithful to us and so kind to us and loving us. And we just thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm getting ready to come out this morning and that. We have a farm truck and a little Ford Ranger I drive around that I shoe out of. And my wife has a farm truck today with with her two daughters, and so I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna have to take the Mustang because <laughs> uh, I had a flat on my on my little blue truck." So I kept it under a hundred. And um, when I got here, I gave my sent my wife a text that said, said yeah, I, yeah, I'm safe, sound, we're safe, sound, and clean. And I was like, the car is too. <laughs> so I'm sure she appreciated it. Cause she, she was like, don't get it dirty. Don't. And so like, I was like praying all the way to church. So it should be a really good message this morning because I am prayed through. And so I'm thankful to to be here. But um, you know what's funny is like we got got a new lawnmower last year, a new riding lawnmower. She won't let me drive that, but every once in a while she'll let me drive her Mustang. So I'm like, what's up with that, you know? But I want to go back here because I think that was an awesome song because talking about surrender. And so it's hard to surrender and have control too, right? It's one of the things that I've learned training horses is we call it submitting. Will the horse submit to you? What we're really saying, will they surrender their ability to survive to you? Do they trust you with their life? Because when it comes to a horse, like when I go to pick up a foot, like, oh, that horse is just giving your, its foot. I'm like, no, that horse is a prey animal. Right, and so when it's it's got two reactions, it's going to either fight or flight. And so when I go to pick that foot up, that I'm either going to get like if it don't trust me, I'm going to get one of two responses, right? And I'm hoping that I can build enough trust in that horse where I don't get either one of those responses, just where they'll just be like, oh, I trust you, right? I just I just know there's going to be something coming out of this, and I know that you're not going to eat me, right? And so the problem is, is like, like I've learned this with horses too, is like you grab a horse and then, then like especially if you go to work on their foot or work on something and you grab it and then you just start clipping and you like don't give the horse to process anything and then that horse is sitting there like, what? You're like, and then you, you get your heart rate up and you're like, I got to get this done. 
what, what are you to that horse? Because like a horse can hear your heartbeat from 10 feet away. You know, and they can feel that energy and they can feel that. And then they're like, you know what? You're just getting here to eat me. You must be chewing on my foot. And so what I did is I just, take, I just paused for a minute. I actually learned like on their front feet, like I'll just stretch it out. And then now I got all the horses spoiled, so I can't even go, go past, you know, B. I was crawling under horses this week because I hurt my hip. And first horse I go to, she's like, I'm going to stretch. And I forgot I did that with her. And she stretched and hit my hip, and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding. Who's the idiot who taught this horse that, you know? <laughs> but it gives them, they learn to trust. They learn you're not a predator. And when they surrender that, they're really surrendering their life. Because what they're saying is, I trust you with my life. I trust you with that instinct that I have that I can survive, right? And I'm putting my life in your hands. And that's what God's kind of given to us is he's trying to tell us, you know something? When all hell is breaking loose around you, when everything is in chaos and it looks like everything is impossible, you can still trust me, right? Now, sometimes we'll take those horses and we'll put them through obstacles and, and the, sometimes the very thing they're afraid of like we walk by something and they're afraid of it, I will guarantee you we're going to confront that. And you know why we're going to confront that? Because as long as I'm with it, there's no need for us to be afraid of it. Now, if I walk by a bear and it's chasing us, we're both going to run, right? There are some certain instances, right? But they trust me to know, hey, I know when it's time to run and I know when it's time to fight and we'll do this together and we won't do it out of fear, but we're going to do it out of intention and faith and trust. Does that make sense? Because the world's trying to make us fear, right? And God says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And then we get looking back, like sometimes you get a, get a horse, and like, I don't know why I'm talking about horses this morning. Sorry, but it's part of the message. Oh, deal with it, right? <laughs> So, so, like, you get a horse and, like, they've been treated, or even an animal, they've been treated really bad in the past. And every time you go to deal with them, you know what they do is they, they, they rely on that memory. And so they can't build, can't live in the present, and they can't go in the future. Do you know why? Because they're still living in the past. Like, we think you have to build a time machine to travel. There's a lot of times we live in the past, and, and it inhibits what God wants to do to us, for us and in us and through us in our present and in our future, right? And then we get our guys, well, it's so bad. And well, then we start projecting what happened in the past into our future. And then we're surprised when we run into it, right? It's like we're looking, looking off at, at something and then all of a sudden in my car driving, like, I see a tree over there. I see a tree over there. I see, oh, there's the tree. Right? And then we end up going right towards it, and we end up hitting it, and then we're mad. Well, that tree was the tree's fault. And it really comes down to how we're thinking. How are we processing? What are we trusting in our lives? And, like, I know, like, I, I, I think sometimes we get so heavenly-minded, we're no earthly good, but we don't need to be religious-minded, but we do need to be spiritual 
live in the spirit. To hear, be spiritual minded and realize that we're a spirit and and um, we have a soul and we live in a body, right? And live from the inside out. But sometimes you just got to get the hay down or the cows can eat it. You know, I go to the barn and we ha- have this hay loft, right? Those cows can't eat that hay up there, right? You got to throw the hay down there. And God wants to give us practical um, things to get us through our daily lives, especially when we're going through hell, right? He, he says, says um, he says, come boldly to the throne of grace so that you can find, obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. What's he saying? You might need mercy. You might need grace. You might need it. And and a lot of times we're hesitant to go to him and because um, for, for some reason we don't think he wants to help, but he does. He's right there for us, right? The Bible says in him we live and we move and we have our being, right? So, so it's about a complete surrender saying, Father, and it's the most vulnerable place you can be. Because you know what you're saying is here's my life. Right? I trust you with my life. Now, when I grew up, I grew up in a really religious, hardcore, you know, be, do good, get good, do bad, get beat. And the problem was I couldn't do good enough. Right? And so it was hard for me to surrender to that because I knew that in myself I couldn't live up to that. Right? But when I found Jesus' grace and I found God and I found that finished work and then I found I can rest in Him. No, I'm not perfect. But I don't have to be perfect because he is. And now I rest in his perfection. And as I rest in his perfection, then something happens inside my heart. And it becomes a heart transformation instead of an outward behavior modification that doesn't last more than 15 minutes. Right? And so faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. Like he says, we, we all look into the mirror dimly, right? But when we're looking at that, we see ourselves, but we're either seeing ourselves in under the law or we're looking in there and we're seeing Jesus and seeing ourselves in Christ. And when we see ourselves in Christ and that lightens us up and that gives us hope and that gives us a future and that gives us peace and that gives us something to rest in, right? I was just talking to a kid the other night other day he was riding with me, helping me shoe horses because I'm an old man. I'm not really. I'm young. I was just telling my wife this morning I'm looking so good I might revive my modeling career. That's what she did too. I think that's the encouragement, right? Right? Where was I at? I was riding with this kid, right? And we were talking and he was talking about... Um, the Sabbath. And here's one thing that I think that we miss a lot of times on the Sabbath is because when, when we talk about the Sabbath, we forget that God had the very first Sabbath, right? The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth, right? And then on the fifth day he rested, on the seventh day he rested, right? Why did he, why did he rest? Because it was finished, right? 
And so when you see the number seven in Hebrew, what does it, what does it mean? It means it is finished. When God was done, he rested. So we can rest, but it wasn't just for us to come to church, right? Because most of it, we come to church on the eighth day, literally. I mean, it would be like the eighth day, right? I was talking the other day, I was preaching, I say Jesus rose again on the eighth day, and people are like, that was the third day, bud. And I was like, no, 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 I don't mean like that. I mean, there, there's Saturday, and then yeah, a lot of people in the Jewish community talk about sun, um, Sunday as being, that's when Jesus rose, right? That's when he rose again. That's when he, and we get to, sell, and that's why believers celebrate on Sunday, right? And so it's still a rest day, but I'm not telling you, I'm not, not punching the Sabbath on you guys for that. I'm trying to, to explain to you guys that we rest in him, and it is actually kind of a foreshadow of what Jesus did in his finished work, and now we can rest in him. Isn't that cool how all that stuff kind of ties together? Almost kind of like God knows what he's doing sometimes. So... Here, here's one thing I found out is the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth you know will set you free, right? And so the thing about truth is, is truth isn't just, isn't just something that's said. Truth is a person because the Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we find true, true truth in who? In Jesus, right? In Yeshua. His name, Yeshua, it means God's salvation. It, I mean, if you need a clue, there it is, right? God's like, I'm going to send my son and I'm going to name him my salvation because he's going to save you. I'm going to name him what I'm going to do. And see if you can figure that out. I, like, and we're just like, I don't know what Jesus come for, right? <laughs> right? But truth is already true long before anyone but God believes it. Right? The moment God says it, it's so. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to feel it. It may feel like, it, um, like there's that song. Um, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Right? Remember it was Elijah? Or was Elijah or Elisha? I can't remember. I get them mixed up because they're named too close. They should have named them like Bob and Henry. And then I'd have been like, that would have been way different, Right? But like he, he, he's surrounded, right? And all these armies are coming to get him and he's with his servant, right? And, and he's like, like, oh my, look out there. We're, we're surrounded. There's all these people. And he's like, he pops his head out and goes, yeah, we got him outnumbered. Don't worry about it. It's Elisha. Uh, it's Elisha, yeah. You just had that this morning. Awesome, right? Cool. So here's Elisha, right? And what, what happens? He finds out that he really was. They were surrounded, right? When you're surrounded by him and you're surrounded by his grace and surrounded by his peace and, and, and entangled in his truth, there's nothing out there that can harm you, right? We can rest in that, right? might feel like you're surrounded this morning, but I'm telling you, you're surrounded by him. And, and he's able to keep that which he started. And I think that's really, really good news. I've been talking to you guys in Second Peter and reading the scripture and then also in Genesis about Abram. So 
So I'm not going to bore you, but I'm going to talk about it some more. Because <laughs> I think it's so important that there's some things in here that I really, like in my life right now, I need to. Right? And so it gives us just something to stand on. And so when everything else is shaking around us, we have something we can stand on. And people are going to be looking for some stability. And when they find that stability, they're going to be like, hey, help me, help me, right? And, and we, can, we can actually help people through this. But I'm going to go back. I'm, I, I don't know how many weeks I've done this now, but I don't care. I'll do it ten more if the Holy Spirit tells me. But it says, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Okay? His divine power has given us everything we need for life, and godliness. Now, now I want—I really want to hit this because this is a time where the world's going around and saying there's a lack here and there's not enough here. And but God says, "I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory." Right now, now if I go down to the corner and there's a guy with a cardboard sign and sa- sa- that says, "Help." And he says, hey, I'm going to supply all your needs according to my riches. I'm like in trouble. <laughs> right? Because he needs my help as much as I need his. Right? But if Bill Gates walks by and he's like, hey, hey, James, guess what? I'm going to supply your needs, but I'm not going to do it on your level. I'm going to do it on my level. Guess what he's doing? He is supplying my needs not according to my level, but according to his riches. Do you hear what I'm talking about? So God says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in, in glory, right? And like last time I, I read the book, their streets are made of gold, man. I don't think God's sitting on there. I wonder what we're going to do in this economic outturn. I wonder what the <laughs> stock market's going to do. I wonder how this is going to. Because like all I have to do is say, gold, B, boom, and there it is, right? Because he's so powerful. Like, he doesn't worry about the things that we worry about. He's not worried about our future. And he don't care about our past. When, when we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, he says, I've wiped it all away. He's like, like as far as the east is from the west, right? And so he can adjust that stuff. But he's like, I've given you everything we need, Right? It reminds me of Abram, like we've been talking about Abram in there. And so he gets a great victory, and then here comes Melchizedek. And Melchizedek always comes, which is a shadow of type of Jesus, right? Bringing the bread and the wine, right? He even brought lunch, man. It was awesome. And so here, here Jesus comes, and he's bringing the bread, and he's bringing the wine, the type of Jesus. And Melchizedek, the king of righteousness and the king of peace, meets with Abram before he meets with the king of Sodom. And Abram did something that changed his life and changed all of our lives forever. Right? Right there. Because it says that he said, he said, the Bible says he gave a tithe or a tenth. Right? But in the Hebrew, that breaks down more to say, I give you everything. So, like, he wasn't just giving him money. 
He wasn't just giving him things. He was saying, I give you my life. He's like, God, I'm vulnerable and I'm trusting you and I only want to trust you. Then the king of Sodom comes and says, hey, dude, you just give me my, the, the people and keep the stuff, keep the money. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Do you know why he's not going to do that? Because he says, I don't want anyone to say that you made Abram rich. Know what? So we have Jesus here, and then the king of Sodom represents the world, right? So, so we can put our dependency on our jobs or on what we can see or what we do or on this world, but we are true wealth and our true provision and our true peace and our true hope. Everything comes from God himself, right? And so that's what Abram's saying. No, 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 because in this world, when people give you stuff, there's a lot of times... When they give it, give you something, they're, they're like they hold it over your head, right? And Abram was wise, and he knew that. And he, he's like, like, like um, I'll receive graciously, and I'll give graciously, and I won't do it in condemnation, and I won't do it in shame, right? So he had a wisdom about him that we don't get a lot of times, and we don't understand through that culture. So he's like, like okay, okay, I'm giving you everything. Everything and so and it was such a surrender that God comes the net comes back and it doesn't say how long but he he says 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 hey Abram I'm your shield and or he says fear not Abram I'm your shield and exceedingly great reward he wasn't just like making something up he's saying hey we're gonna cut a covenant bub. Like, you've given me everything, and I'm going to show you, since you've surrendered, that I'm going to come in, and I'm going to accept your surrender, and I'm going to be your provider, and I'm going to be your protection, and you can count on me. And that's pretty good news, right? And now, Abram wasn't broke. Like In fact, every time he messed up, God blessed him. Isn't that cool? It's like because God's promises weren't weren't under the law; they were under grace. And God was is almost like God was already honoring that covenant before Abram even become Abraham and stepped into it. Isn't that crazy? And so here we're watching him getting blessed and watching him mess up, and then all of a sudden something starts changing in his heart. The Bible says it's the goodness of God. That leads us to repentance. We can't condemn people. We can't put people down and, and, and expect them to run to Jesus, right? Because why would they? I wouldn't either. I'd run. You, if you're out there and you're getting that, run from that, right? Run to Jesus, though, because he's not like that, right? The Bible says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world, right? So I have a hope. I have a strength. I'm, I'm being transformed. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of our mind, right? And as we do that, how do we renew our mind? We focus, like Abram, like he said, said, look at the stars. 
He gave him a promise. We focus on God's promises. We focus on what God's finished work was in our lives. We focus and know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because of what I do, but because of what was done for me. And that gives me a right to every promise and access to his grace and his mercy and a right to have peace. Not just the, the shalom, all-encompassing peace, but that peace that passes all understanding, right? And peace isn't just a word, but it's a person. And its name, his name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus. The Bible says he's our peace that breaks down every wall. If you're seeing the walls, get ready to shout because they're going to got to come down because he's our peace. Right? That breaks through every wall. That's why David said, I, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Right? Why is he saying that? Because he knew whose he was. And he knew who he was. And he knew that God would be there for him. And now we got it even better in David because now we have that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and it lives inside me. And that's good news. Right. And so that gives us hope and that gives us a future. And so here God's coming. He's like, hey, I'll be your protection and I'll be your provision. And they'd cut that covenant. And it was a blood covenant, man. It was gross. Right. And so whatever's mine's yours and what and whatever yours is mine, whoever comes against you comes against me. Right. So we found that we have provision and we have provision. Protection. So, so we have our needs supplied, right? Not according to what we can do, but according to a covenant. A lot of times people would try to make a covenant with someone who's stronger than them. Like, man, I'm looking for Bill Gates. Well, maybe not Bill Gates, but like, like or Jeff Bezos, all right? Like, I don't know. They, but that kind of abundance, right? And so he's even got way more abundance than that. You hear what I'm saying? And so we can trust him and trust his provision, not based on what we see, feel, touch, taste, but on what he has done. And that's what Abram realized. That's what he recognized, man. It was impossible for him to have an heir. Like they had tried. They had worked on it. Like, like, like it it was so bad he gave his wife away twice. <laughs> right? He tried everything under the sun and it still didn't work out. Did we ever do that in our lives? Am I the only one that's ever done that? Like we try everything and God's like, hey, 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 calm down. You're trying in your own strength. You're trying in your own ways and my ways aren't your ways. Right? And my thoughts aren't your thoughts, but they're higher. And if you'll just trust me, he says, come to me, all you who are labored and heavy laden and weary. Right. And he says, and I'll make you even more tired. Oh, he says, and I will give you rest. And that's big. Right. So now. We, it, it come down where God's like, I'm going to cut a covenant and I'm going to make it. And of course, Abram, he, he didn't think he could have a kid and God gave him a promise to look at. 
What promise has God given you? Maybe it's a promise that, that your, your kids will find him. Right? Maybe it's a promise. Maybe it's like, like we always think, well, it's just got to be something earthly. It's not always. Sometimes it's just that I'd have peace in my heart or just that I wouldn't hurt in my hip when I'm trying to go out about the farm and about the business. Or, you hear what I'm saying? He's got it all. And he wants to give it all to us. He's got a promise for all of that. It says for says in Acts, it says, says um, all your house will be saved. Like, dude's getting ready to kill himself, thinking his life's over. And he had just found his life. Because he tur- ended up turning his life over to life himself. And his name's Yeshua. And that's powerful. So here he, he's like trying and God gives him a promise and we can look at the stars. And you know, we can look at the stars still. And now when I look at the stars, you know what I see? I see promises. But I also see a promise keeper. Because you all are seed of Abraham. You all are those stars and the promise that he gave to him. And without that, we wouldn't be here. Right? It was even bigger. He's like, I don't even have an heir. And now look. Count the stars, man. That's how good God is. He's a promise keeper. And he'll keep his promise that will not just affect you, but it will affect generations to come. What you've done and what you've worked with God with and the promise he's given and you think, well, it just ends with me. No, it does not. He's able to keep what he started and to last generations because his promises are that big. Isn't that powerful? And then he... Abram rescues him because he's having his pity party or God rescues Abram. Look at the stars, man. And I can't imagine, but he had to walk around looking up. Wow. I can't even count him. You get your head down. You ever get your head down? God even gave him some promise to look at when he got his head down. Right? Because he's like, like, when you're laying in bed at night, look up, man. When you're walking down the day and you're looking where you're stepping, they had a lot of goats and they're messy and chickens. <laughs> they had to watch where you're stepping, right? When you're watching where you're stepping, and he's like, oh, there's, there's sand, sand. I can't even count. Like, pick up a handful of sand at the beach, and I dare you, you count that. Right? So God made a provision. He's like, he wouldn't let Abraham not think for a second. So when he was in bed, he's, or walking at night, he's seeing the stars. And when he's going through the day, he's seeing, seeing the sand. And he couldn't get away from God's promises, almost like he was surrounded. And that's what God's saying to you. You're surrounded, but not by what you think. You're surrounded by me, and I got those other things surrounded. Isn't that powerful? And then it finally says, said, it says, 
in um, verse 6 of that chapter, it says, And Abram believed God. And God credited it to... I, I, did I say that right? It's a fancy word. He credited it. He put it on his account as righteousness. That's what it's a, it's a belief. Do you really believe God? You really trust Him? Let those impossible promises that seem like there's no hope, let them come back to life. God's like, I'm going to fan it, right? So Abram says, hey, how can I? How can I know this is going to happen? He says, see, Abram, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And God himself put Abram to sleep because he knew he had messed it up. And he says, I don't need you on this one. I'll do it. And he walked between and made a covenant and a promise for generations. Pretty powerful what God did. But I want to tell you something. 2,000 years ago, God sent His Son. His only Son. And He says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And He's going to die for you so that you can live. He's going to take your bad, your sickness, so that you can have health and wholeness and walk in life right now. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does that happen? It happens through us. We keep waiting for Jesus to return, but we forget that we're the body of Christ walking down here already. In a sense, he never left. It only grew. Trust Him. Surrender to Him. And watch what He'll do. Amen? Amen. So, Father, thank You. Thank You for being with us. Thank You for Your peace and Your grace and Your goodness and just loving us. Thank You for freely giving to us and trusting us and knowing that even though we're going to mess up sometimes that You're still with us. And we thank You for that. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus, it's simple. All you got to do is say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe in you. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Amen. You said that prayer, let us know. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.